0: now entering super flex city population all the qb's all the super flex content and all of you super flexers super flex finally has a home all its own and the city never sleeps super flexperts super flexible the super flex super show and much much more all under one city skyline means you never have to leave super flex city Every ounce of Superflex advice, theory, speculation, and strategy on the planet lives right here. Subscribe to the Superflex City podcast feed wherever you listen to podcasts and get access to the only fantasy football entity on earth that is committed entirely to Superflex. Let the Superflex Authority be your tour guide as you explore these city streets. Welcome to Superflex City. the dlf family a podcast oh it's me it's me it's that old sfd roaming the streets of Superflex city and this is the super flex super show here's my question to all of you all of my super friends something i've been curious about when you're looking at this is this is in season. Let's just talk in season real quick. And you you you're looking at your lineup. You've set your lineup. You're looking at your opponent's lineup. How do you break it down? How do you do the math? How do you project what's going to happen? How do you decide you know how do you how do you make your decisions on on lineup, on lineup setting? And I think that this might be different for a lot of different people. I had never, I'll be honest, I had never even considered this possibility. I, I guess it's just one of those things that I just, I, I, I do it a certain way, and I just assume that everybody probably does the same thing. Uh, but you know what? Like, it's entirely possible that, that you don't. You know, it's entirely possible that you have just a totally different system I mean I think a lot of people just set it and forget it, right? I think that's that's probably the preferred method in fact for setting a lineup is just these are my best players. Here you go. Good luck. <laughs> you you throw out your best players, here's my best players. Let's see what happens. But and, and you know, I obviously most of the time and especially, you know, if you if you look at whatever platform you're on, ESPN, MFL, Sleeper, you know, they give you the projections for the week for that player. And if you just say, all right, these are, these are my highest projected players. I mean, I think that you're going to win more times than not probably by a significant amount. I, you know, I think it can be that simple. I don't like to do that. (laughs) Not necessarily. I mean, ultimately that's probably what ends up happening, but you know, I, 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 you know, back to the old poker term, the, the poker cliche, you know, you play the man, not the cards, play the person, not the cards. I have struggled with that. <laughs> I've been doing this for over four years now, and I still just cannot ever get that right. There's some incredibly talented and uh, incredibly intelligent uh, women playing this game um some of them who beat me on a fairly consistent basis so uh they they deserve to be a part of this conversation as well um but yeah you play the you play the person not the cards right um you're you're kind of playing based on what you think they have what they're acting like they have you know their kind of their betting pattern um things like that you know Uh, You're playing their, you're playing your position, you're playing their position, you're playing the number of people in the hand, like your, your actual cards in a game of poker, your actual cards are like, they're pretty far down the list of your priorities, right? You're kind of looking at, it's so many different things that the cards almost don't really matter you know if you've got if you've got low suited connectors you know and you're thinking about folding but you know you're on the small blind you're already halfway in and everybody else you know everybody else up to you folds all of a sudden that's a strong hand you know and then you know the the big blind checks all of a sudden you know you you for half the price of a of of a hand you get to see the cards you get to see the flop and you know see what your what your suited connectors can actually do you know so there's uh, like there's there's a, so much more that goes into a hand of poker than what am i holding Obviously, that can, you know, that ends up being kind of the first consideration a lot of times. If if it's bad, you're probably not going to do it. But, you know, heads up, m- uh, most hands look a lot better than they would if you're trying to play against, you know, the entire table. Um, it, it's, it's To me, it's kind of the same thing when we're talking about setting our lineups in fantasy football. There's a lot more that goes into it than just what's on my roster, you know? And, and by the way, that's a big part of quarterback extreme. Like, let's just get that out there, uh, you know, right up front. I believe I talked about it last week. I don't remember for sure. So let's just hit on it real quick. But quarterback extreme, quarterbacks early, quarterbacks often. The reason that we go quarterbacks Often, well, let's back up. The the reason that we go quarterbacks early is because it makes it possible for us to go quarterbacks often. It's going to be very difficult to get the five quarterbacks that you want if you don't start with your first pick. Because essentially, especially right now when, you know, when we have... About 20 quarterbacks that we know are going to be NFL starters. And everybody else comes with some risk. Everybody else is a little bit of a dart throw, right? So, you know, just the the ability to avoid those guys. Because I know that I've mentioned this before. That's not a quarterback to me. That's not a full quarter. If it's somebody who's unlikely to start in 2021, that I don't count that as a quarterback. That doesn't count towards the five that we want for quarterback extreme. So, you know, the, those 20 guys that we know for sure are going to be NFL starters in 2021, those guys are going to be gone by the 10th round, according to ADP. So, you know, the only way to so we've got 10 rounds to get our five quarterbacks. Obviously, it's possible to go, you know, running back, running back and then five straight quarterbacks. You know, and then you still have three rounds to take some wide receivers. You can do that. You can do it that way, but it's it, it it's going to feel let me let me put it this way. The reach That you have to make at quarterback, it feels like a reach, anyways. Anyways, at the time, you know, when you're looking at in the first round, you're looking at Joe Burrow versus Christian McCaffrey. All quarterbacks have gone ahead of you. So Christian McCaffrey is sitting there, and but you're also looking at Joe Burrow as your first quarterback. That feels like a reach, doesn't it? I mean, we know how powerful quarterbacks are, but that still feels like a reach. We've been, for several years now, obsessed with Christian McCaffrey and his ability as a running back to create an advantage at a singular position in our lineups. You know, we've, we've all acknowledged how great Christian McCaffrey is and the fact that, I mean, that's just an advantage against any other team. To have Christian McCaffrey in your lineup. It, so it makes it feel like a reach to take Joe Burrow over Christian McCaffrey. Does it not? What I can tell you is, as is, is uncomfortable as that feels, try taking Matt Ryan, or that might not even be a great... Try taking Daniel Jones over... DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> that's the that's the type of situation you can find yourself in if you don't start with quarterbacks early, and and that might be a little, a little over the top. That might be a little hyperbolic. It's it, it not horrible to be honest, but Daniel Jones over Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, like those are moves that you're probably going to have to make. That feels like a stretch. That feels like a reach one that you're not going to be willing to make. As hard as it is to reach past Christian McCaffrey for Joe Burrow, it's going to be that much more uncomfortable when the time comes to take Daniel Jones because you don't have the quarterbacks that you need and they're about to dry up. Take Daniel Jones over Mike Evans. To me, that's at least to me, that's a much harder a much harder reach and not one that I'd be willing to make. I'd rather make the reach in the first round and, you know, get off to a good start on building up the the quarterback depth than have to, you know, then to wait on it and have to make much more egregious reaches later in the draft. So, anyways, the, that's that's the main reason that we go quarterback early. Obviously, there's immense trade value. We've talked a ton about that. You know that. In fact, that was the original selling point on quarterback extreme, is the trade value that you get from that quarterback, especially if you take one early. And it's true I mean, you can still tear down at quarterback several times and use that trade value to, you know, to build up other other positions. Uh, across your roster, that's still, to me, that's still the move to make in most cases. You know, if you've got Josh Allen, you've got Kyler Murray, guys like that, yeah, tear them down to, you know, Jalen Hurts and Baker Mayfield and Ryan Tannehill, and maybe even beyond that to Kirk Cousins and and Matthew Stafford. You know, just, just keep going, but as long as we've got that head count where we want it, as long as we maintain five quarterbacks the other selling point originally was you know you don't you can afford to trade away one of those quarterbacks without getting one in return which is just a massive haul that's still true as well the thing to keep in mind though is how how very rare it is that you're going to be able to make that trade like, so few people are going to be willing to pay what it takes to increase their headcount. And we talked about it last week. There are other ways to do it, too. There are other ways to increase your headcount. So, you know, the, there's there's really no reason for anybody to ever pay that price. That doesn't change the price. That doesn't change your leverage. But, you know, it... it It just, you certainly don't want to count on that trade being available to you. You don't want to count on the idea that, you know, somebody's going to give you, you know, Saquon Barkley and Justin Jefferson for Patrick Mahomes. Don't plan on that. It's probably not going to happen. That's what it would cost, but it's probably, you're probably not going to get that deal. So the, the big reason, though, that we go quarterback early is to get those five quarterbacks. And we don't necessarily need them to be elite, but they're, the, the first couple are going to be elite just because of the fact that we're taking them so early. That's the way that you get to five quarterbacks. and And the big thing with quarterback extreme is that we want five quarterbacks. For the ability to to play matchups in season at quarterback. And I might even get into that a little bit in this episode. I kind of doubt it. <laughs> Already 13 and a half minutes in, um, and plenty to cover. So, I think that's going to be a future episode, but you know, just for the for the moment, just ha- just take my word for it. <laughs> if uh if that's something that you'd be willing to do, there's a massive advantage to be gained at, uh, by, by being able to play matchups at quarterback, by not accepting a, you know, a, a, an okay quarterback in a bad matchup to be able to, to take the quarterback in the good matchup, take Mitchell Trubisky at the end of the season and the great matchups that he had, you know, be able to, to take advantage of that you it, i i'm telling you now it's it, it can be up to a 50 point swing if you can get two quarterbacks in dream match dream matchups in a given week you give yourself 50 points and that's not even talking about what your opponent has to me this is this is the whole reason for quarterback extreme this is the part that excites me about it is that having that ability to play matchups within your roster, stream within your roster. I don't even want to trade my quarterbacks at that point. I want the ability to... I I want to give myself that, you know, 30, 40, 50-point advantage every single week. But that brings me back to the original point about comparing the two lineups. You know, so, so... Playing the other, the other, you know, playing the other team when I'm looking at my quarterbacks and I've got five of them, two of, you know, maybe one of them's on bye, So I'm down to four for the week and two of them have tough matchups and two of them have prime matchups. I already, I already know the power of that. That's pocket aces, right? Right. But then I get to, we get, in, in fantasy football, we get to see the other player's hand. We're not just playing the person. We're playing their actual cards. We know what they're holding. And we look and see, they've got one quarterback with a good matchup and one quarterback with a trash matchup. You know, we've got, they've they've got Teddy Bridgewater going up against the L.A. Rams. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo going up against the LA Rams, going against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. That's that's and, and they almost have to play that quarterback at their super flex position. Think now all of a sudden we know how much of an advantage we have over them, right? We can compare our two quarterbacks. They've got a good matchup, we've got a good matchup we've got a dream matchup at quarterback in fact small advantage probably you know in the neighborhood of a 5 point advantage but then we look at the super flex Jimmy Garoppolo going against the LA Rams that could be single digits <laughs> he could he could put up you know 3 points 4 points for them probably projected for about 10 but i mean that could be that could be a it could be a zero in all honesty. He could get picked. He could get sacked. He could just lose points all over the place not go anywhere ever. And now all of a sudden we get to look at our entire group of quarterbacks beyond the guy who's already starting for us and beyond the guy who's on, on by. We still have three quarterbacks to choose from and say, do I go for the high upside and try and run the score up by 50 points? just between quarterback and super flex. You know, do I, do I take my, I've got my five point advantage at quarterback and now I can get a, you know, another, I can, I, I, my super flex quarterback has the ability to score, you know, 35 points where Jimmy Garoppolo, his, he, he doesn't have a floor against the LA Rams. So I mean yeah 50 points is extreme but we could be talking 40 points here if I take the quarterback with the highest upside or I can take a quarterback with a safe floor. I've got another guy with a decent matchup. It's not, you know, one of the greatest matchups, but it's a better quarterback. You know, let's say let's say it's Justin Herbert going against the 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 Vegas Raiders. That should pretty easily be 20, 25 points. On top of the five points I'm likely to get, you know, already get at quarterback with that five-point advantage that I'm likely to get from my quarterback versus yours, now I throw Justin Herbert in there. Instead of taking Mitchell Trubisky with that, you know, with that m- massive ceiling in his dream matchup against Detroit, maybe now I'm instead I'm going to take Justin Herbert against the Vegas Raiders with his nice safe 20-point floor I just created myself a 25point advantage between those two positions that's what we're talking about with quarterback extreme but that's also kind of what we're talking about as far as comparing the two lineups and I just I I, I wonder if people do this if people just just put those lineups next to each other and say quarterback versus quarterback superflex versus Versus Superflex. Running back one versus running back one. Or maybe both running backs. If you're saying two running backs, maybe you're saying, you know, my two running backs versus your two running backs. My two wide receivers versus your two wide receivers. I wonder if people are doing that when, they're, when they make their lineup decisions. And this is not meant to be rhetorical. I, I'm genuinely curious. I, I just... I wonder what the calculus looks like when we're comparing those two lineups, when we're, when we're making those lineup decisions, because I think that there's, there's even more advantage to be gained by, again, playing the, the player, not the cards. And that kind of brings us into some questions I wanted to dive into a little bit. Uh, my man Kevin, my man Kevin. I'm not gonna give you his full name. He DM'd me, so um, I've mentioned this before. If if it's if I get these questions in DM rather than uh, my mentions, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you overall anonymous. I did want to shout out Kevin, but I'm not gonna say which Kevin it is, <laughs> just in case he's trying to hide this from his league, this strategy session. Um he doesn't want the league to know that he's that this is what he's plotting against them in this upcoming startup. So so yeah, I'm not gonna tell you who it is beyond that, but I did wanna, you know, tip my cap to to him for giving me not one but two great questions involving quarterback extreme that I really wanted to dive into here. And uh, I'm gonna actually gonna start with a second one first for you, Kevin. Um, Because it does kind of tie into, you know, the idea of comparing the two lineups. So his question was, you know, with a roster build of 28 roster spots, you know, what does that look like? What should that roster build look like? And does it change with a tight end premium? So, you know, first of all, start with, you know, back to the Superflex flywheel. You know, the five quarterbacks, that's that's kind of the staple of QBX. And that's the part that gets all the attention. You know, that's the part that we talk about every single week. We don't talk about the other positions nearly enough, to be honest, and, and that's on me. Superflex, not a QB game. It's a QB-driven game, but it's it's not a QB game. We need to be talking more about the other positions and how they relate to the quarterback position. So, but let's start there with your five quarterbacks. And let's say that you've got two spots for starting wide receivers. Here's, let's, let's, let's call this lineup a, a quarterback, obviously a super flex, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end. and three flex. That's 10 starters. So the goal here is going to be, we want to keep a quarterback obviously at the quarterback position at all times. We want to keep a quarterback at super flex at all times. Five quarterbacks easily is going to satisfy that. Like I said, more times than not, you're going to be able to play matchups. And to me, that's that's the big benefit of QBX. But just fundamentally, it's going to keep a quarterback at both of those two positions at all times. So now we need two running backs, two wide receivers and a tight end, and then we've got three flex positions to fill. So, let's move let's skip over running back just for a minute and get to wide receivers. We've got two starters. Wide receivers generally play they they stay fairly healthy for one thing, and it <laughs> wide receiver is such an interesting position because you know generally speaking you're probably going to get eight wide receiver one weeks out of out of your out of your wide receiver almost regardless of who it is there's a there's a pool of about 35 players who averaged you know double digit points every single week and you know, the reason that they got to that average, even though you're going to find zeros in their game logs, and for all of them, even DK Metcalf got goose egged at one point. Devonte Adams is the only one who, and, and actually Devontae Adams even had a down game. Tyreek Hill had a couple down games. Like none of them are going to be consistent wide receiver ones every single week. They're going to do it about half the time. And that's what brings their average up into those double digits is the fact that, you know, eight games you get monsters, the other eight games you get duds. You never know for sure which it's going to be. So, you know, what you really want to do is set two wide receivers in your starting lineup at all times and just keep those same guys there unless they're injured or on by. You really just want those same two wide receivers at all times because you don't know for sure, you know, if you're going to get that stud game or that dud game. So increase your odds of actually getting it right with those guys by just leaving them in at all times. And so, you know, if we're, if we're not going to make changes at wide receiver, then why do we need depth? Why do we need a bunch of backups? You know, especially when we're going to be able to find some guys on waivers if we need them. You know, there's there's going to be the the Travis Fulgums and the uh, Alamade Zacchaeus. Am I saying his name right? I seriously doubt it. But, you know, a, a handful of guys like that. Tim Patrick, Tim, Tim Patrick, one of my favorites now. Um, you know, those, those guys who are going to come off of waivers and fill in for you as needed, but you know, for the most part, you're, you're probably not going to be making changes at the wide receiver position. So, so why, why gather depth and act like you're actually going to make those changes? All you do by, by tinkering with your lineup at the wide receiver position is increase the odds that the guy that you took to be your wide receiver one is going to give you a wide receiver one week from your bench. I know it feels dicey to do that because, like I just said, you're, you're going to get just as many dud games as stud games for most of these guys. But that's where you know your second wide receiver can make the difference. One of them has a, du- a down week. The other one has a has an up week. And they kind of cancel each other out. That's gonna be what happens the most. The thing that happens the second most is they both blow up at the same time. And then the least likely scenario, but it's likely it, it's probably on average going to happen once or twice a season. And it's probably gonna sting. Is both of them have that down game at the same time. It'll happen sometimes. Ideally, we're able to make that up with our quarterbacks, and possibly with our running backs. But either way, you know, n- nobody goes nobody goes undefeated in a fantasy season. I've never seen it, anyways. I've never seen anybody run the table. I'm sure it's happened, but I'm uh, that's that's not my goal. My goal is to win enough to get to the playoffs and then, you know, when the playoffs roll around to be ready to to run the table for four weeks, three weeks. I'm not trying to run the table for the entire 16. I just want to win those last three. So, you know, we, we kind of accept some losses here and there. We accept that that's going to happen. And if your wide receivers both have a down week, and it costs you a week. You know, you 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 were you were going <laughs> you were probably going to lose that one anyways. You know, you were going to lose some game somewhere anyways. So, we want those two wide receivers who are going to start every single week. Give me two guys behind them. A backup for each one of them. Just on the off chance that they're both out for the week. If you've got a taxi squad, you know, maybe you get a, a rookie wide receiver that you're just going to stash there who can ultimately upgrade one of your bench wide receivers or replace an older wide receiver, you know, next year. Like, it, you know, Rondale Moore, I think, is probably going to end up being, obviously, Jamar Chase is going to be the wide receiver one. Rondale Moore, I think, is going to end up being my... My favorite wide receiver out of this group, I would obviously rather have Jamar Chase, but I would you know at the at the cost, I would prefer Rondell Moore. But the thing is, any league where I end up with Rondell Moore, he's going on my taxi squad and he's going to stay there all season. I don't believe that I'm gonna activate him and use him. I hope not. If I if I have to do that if I have to count on a rookie wide receiver, things aren't going very well <laughs> in Superflex Dude Land, in Superflex City. Here it's it, it it's it's not going to be a, an ideal situation if I have to activate him um, and plan on starting him because you can't predict rookie court rookie wide receivers at all. We can't even say that they're going to give us half the season. Like, in terms of wide receiver one weeks, you know, aside from Justin Jefferson, you're probably going to get like two or three from most wide receiver rookie wide receivers, and you're not going to know when it's coming. So, don't just don't even try. So anyways, back to our, our Superflex flywheel here. Two wide receivers starting, two wide receivers on the bench. If you've got the taxi squad space, yeah, give me another one or two on taxi. But I don't want them on active roster because they're taking up space. Tight end is kind of the same thing. Before I get to premium, let's, we'll just say, you know, no, no tight end premium here. Although the tight end premium is not going to change anything. I'll get to the premium here in just a second, though. But just, just you know, without that context, tight end is the same thing: one starter, one backup, essentially. And then everything else is running backs. So twenty-eight spaces on your roster. Take off five of them for quarterback. We're at twenty-three. Take off four more for wide receivers, we're at 19. Take off two for tight ends, we're at 17. 17 running backs. That's what I'm proposing. That's what it takes. <laughs> That's what it takes to get through a season, and, and it does not matter what their names are. I mean, you were you, in, in 2020, you were better off with J.D. McKissick as one of your as one of your 17 running backs than you were with Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> you know, that's I know it I I know it feels counterintuitive to have a bunch of them rather than just a, a couple of studs, but that's the that's just the nature of the running back position. They get injured, they get replaced Even when they don't get injured or replaced, they still split time with other running backs. And almost every running back at some point in the season is going to be startable for at least a week. And J.D. McKissick, quite honestly, is my favorite example of that. Just because who the hell saw that coming? Like when did we ever have any kind of respect for J.D. McKissick until he became not only you know fantasy relevant, but quite honestly the most the 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 greatest fantasy producer on that Washington offense for a, for a period of time. He had a higher floor than Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin it, he was just he was he ended up being absolutely startable for you know for uh, essentially throughout the end of the season. So and there there are a ton of guys like that. I mean that's just kind of one example. Like I said that's my favorite to point to. But you know that happens throughout the season. Devontae Booker at one point was that guy in 2020 you know in 2019 it was what uh, Josh Adams and and DeAndre Washington Gus Edwards has been basically every year since he's been in the league he's been that guy there's there's just just load up on him it's not about getting the absolute studs and we can still we'll still end up with some stud running backs but you know, in order to reinforce our roster and you know to be able to to support our quarterbacks and our wide receivers, we just need warm bodies at running back. We'll find the guys who are going to be startable. And again, I mean, you know, definitely to me, anyways, you target the guys like. JD McKissick and like Naheem Hines you know the guys who were there is kind of a for the pass catcher role that third down pass catching back type of role they tend to have a higher floor so you know start with guys like that and then I mean we're we're gonna slowly upgrade that running back position as we go and again, I to me, I think you're still going to end up with a stud running back to me. So, you know, for for going step by step, talked about this a few weeks ago too. Step by step in a in a startup draft, though, for me, quarterback in the first round, quarterback in the second round, running back in the third round. There's your running back one right there, and back to quarterback, and then we start on the wide receivers. Finish off the quarterbacks. Make sure that you end up with five in the first 10 rounds, you know, to go along with at least two of your wide receivers by then. And then, you know, once you've got all your wide receivers and tight ends, just hammer running back the rest of the way. Again, the names don't matter. It doesn't matter who the running backs are. They're all going to play a role from you at some point. So that's, that's the flywheel. But let's talk for a minute about wide receivers and tight ends because in a tight end premium, I mean, I, I'm doing this anyways. I'm just throwing all those guys in together, the all the wide receivers, all the tight ends, just throw them into a, a bucket together and call it the pass catchers. Which pass catchers do you want? So in straight PPR, to me, the priority is still kind of wide receivers. But we're doing the same thing. We're just gonna we're just gonna tier all of those players, but we're gonna mix them in together. So for me, Travis Kelsey belongs in he's probably a second tier pass catcher in just straight PPR. You know, I think that you you get basically the same production with Travis Kelsey at tight end as you get from you know, the DJ Moores of the world and, you know, Terry McLaurin's of the world, Chris Godwin, you know, I think that you get the same type of production from Travis Kelsey that you get from one of those guys. And if we're putting these lineups up against each other, you know, it doesn't matter too much how they line up exactly. I'm not trying to gain an advantage at tight end with Travis Kelsey. I'm trying to use Travis Kelsey to gain an advantage somewhere. Any pass catcher. I'll, so I'll put Travis Kelsey up against your wide receiver one. If, you, if you've got a tier three wide receiver as your wide receiver one, and I've got Travis Kelsey at tight end, in terms of pass catcher one versus pass catcher one, I think I've got the advantage. In a tight end premium, I know I do. So so let's let's talk there about the tight end premium. You add, you know, half a point per per reception. I think it bumps Travis Kelsey up into the top tier. Top tier of pass catchers. I would be just as happy with Travis Kelsey as with Devontae Adams. I think that I've run into you know, I run into a situation where I've got, I, it it it's a wash at the least. If I've got Travis Kelsey with a tight end premium, and you've got Devonte Adams with straight PPR, like those two kind of cancel out for me. So you know, if I end up with, and this is kind of the example that I gave Kevin, but if I end up with Travis Kelsey, this isn't a tight end premium. I've got Travis Kelsey and. TJ Hawkinson, I put Travis Kelsey at flex, TJ Hawkinson at tight end. First of all, not many teams are going to be able to beat me just at tight end. Just compare tight ends, Hawkinson to whoever else. You know, aside from George Kittle and maybe Darren Waller. Who else gives you a decided advantage at tight end over my TJ Hawkinson? But then I've got Travis Kelsey at a flex position. Give me those two. Put those two up against any two wide receivers in the league. With a tight end premium, put those two up against any combination of wide receivers. And I think I've got an advantage. You know, you might be able to counterfeit that with, with something like Devontae Adams and AJ Brown. But it's not going to be a lot. And I'm, again like it all comes back to quarterbacks it all comes back to qbx because whatever whatever difference you're going to be able to create with those wide receivers against my two tight ends i'm i already started off with a 25 point surplus at quarterback and super flex so you're just trying to find you're just trying to find little margins Little cracks where you can get some extra points to try and make up that 25 points. But I've I've sealed off the cracks, essentially, with Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkinson. It almost doesn't matter who my wide receivers are. I'm still going to get, you know, 8 to 10 points from each of my wide receivers. And I'm probably going to be in that neighborhood from my running backs. And that's kind of in the worst case scenario you know? That's where I like to put my, just, just set, put my lineup right up against yours and just kind of go through each position. Look at quarterback versus super, quarterback versus quarterback, super flex versus super flex. Combine the two, quarterback plus super flex, My quarterback and my super flex against your quarterback and your super flex. What does that look like? And then all of our pass catchers. Let's talk about all of our pass catchers right up against each other. So I'm not trying to figure out how to overcome your advantage at wide receiver one. There's nothing I can do about the fact that you've got Devontae Adams and I've got you know, T. Higgins. Like, there's there's nothing that I'm going to be able to do about that. Maybe even a—that might not even be a great example. People people are probably pretty willing to put T. Higgins up against Devontae Adams at this point. How about Brandon Ayuk? There you go. Brandon Ayuk's my wide receiver one you've got Devonte Adams. I can't do anything about that. Heads up. 1 to 1, I can't compete with that. But then you but you look at my entire group of pass catchers. Put them up against, you know, Devonte Adams and let's give that team T Higgins. <laughs> I know that you guys, I know that you guys are really going to like that combo. Adams and Higgins but you know that's I I still think that I'm you know I'm going to be able with Brandon Ayuk, Travis Kelsey, and TJ Hawkinson I would take I would put that with a tight end premium I would put that up against Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, and who's a tight end du jour? Man, this is this is where I need a co-host or a guest or something. I need need my need my producer back. <laughs> Captain Redbeard taking a little bit of time and, and uh you know, busy with work. Um totally understandable, but man, I need I need somebody to tell me like who's who are who are kind of the later round tight ends. Cole Komet. There you go. Or Mike Jasicki. Those guys could break out, but, I mean, the the whole reason that you've got them is because you waited on them, you know, so that you can take those earlier wide receivers because you kind of prior, prioritize wide receiver by just kind of riding off tight end. This is what some people do. They They'll just kind of right off the tight end position, even with the tight end premium, and just say, you know what, I didn't get Kelsey, I didn't get Kittle, I didn't get Waller, screw it, just punt the position. There's still a there's still an advantage to be gained there by viewing them as pass catchers, putting them up against the wide receivers, and saying, you know, I just because I don't have the elite guy. I still have guys who are going to be able to compete with the wide receivers, especially with that premium, with that handicap. So I hope that's making sense. I mean, again, to me, you just, you put the two lineups against each other and rather than go position by position, go, you know, kind of group them together and look at the big, look at the bigger picture. It's not it's not Devontae Adams versus Brandon Ayuk. It's Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, and Cole Komet versus Brandon Ayuk, Travis Kelsey, and TJ Hawkinson. And then keep in mind, again, you know, this is this is the biggest piece. Even if you do have me beat with that with that group. It's not going to be by enough to make up the difference that I'm making at quarterback and super flex. It all starts there. It all starts with the head start that I've got at at the quarterback and super flex position. That's the whole reason for QBX. Um, Running out of time, so I could over-explain that forever. I could mansplain the hell out of that thing if I really wanted to. Um, But I want to get to Kevin's other other question. Um, even though it's, you know, it's, it's kind of off topic from, uh, from everything in this episode so far, but still very important to me that to me, this is, it's a great question. It's something that I would love to sneak in here, uh, right at the end of this episode, if at all possible. So let's just do it. So you've got an early pick in your startup. You've got your startup coming up. Superflex dynasty. You've got an early pick. And it it looks like it's going to be an early, it's going to be an active draft. You're going to have the opportunity to move back. Do you do it? Do you just stand in a pocket and take, you know, one of the top quarterbacks? You get Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert or Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Do you just stand there and get one of those guys, or do you move back later in the first round? And you know, risk the possibility that, you know, nine quarterbacks, you you can move back from 102 to to 110 and risk the possibility of nine quarterbacks going ahead of you. And now you're stuck with, you know, quarterback 10 range is, is you know, Russell Wilson and Joe Burrow. And to me, you do it. I still think that the... There's there's some truth, not fully. I think that the value over replacement gets oversimplified. The idea being that every single week every single quarterback is going to score roughly the same. We know that that's not true, right? We know that there's a difference. We know that there's there's a, a very obvious reason that you know Josh Allen is going ahead of of Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and it's not just their age. I know that that's like that ends up being part of it with some of these guys. But we know that there's an advantage to be gained at quarterback. But I do think that there's a tier of probably 11 or 12 quarterbacks that are all going to be close. They're not going to be identical, but they're going to be close. Actually, let's call it 11 quarterbacks because take Pat Mahomes out of there. So there is a caveat to this question. You know, if you've got 102 and the opportunity to move back to the end of the first round and gain a second round pick, like, yeah, to me, you do it. If you've got 101, I'm not moving. I'm standing in the pocket and I'm taking Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes changes this entire our entire structure, honestly, because Pat Mahomes is so damn consistent that you're you 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 put him at QB and you only take him out for his bye week. Obviously, if he gets hurt, you know things change a little bit, but you know it, you you're still other you know other the otherwise as long as he's healthy he's your QB1 and chances are he's going to deliver a QB1 week so if you've got Pat Mahomes now all of a sudden you know you go from from five quarterbacks to four because those other three you're just streaming them at the super flex position you only need one out of three so all of a sudden, I, I I don't know that you need five quarterbacks if you've if Pat Mahomes is one of them. You can still do it. You and you probably should. You know, it does give you the opportunity to trade down, to tier down from Pat Mahomes and take advantage of his trade value. He's in a tier of his of his own, so you know, you could tier down from him to, you know, Justin Herbert. None of these other quarterbacks can you tear down to get to Justin Herbert. Pat Mahomes is the one guy you can do it. So there's still that immense trade value that you can take advantage of. But I I'm just I'm just here to tell you I think that Pat Mahomes changes <laughs> changes the roster build. I don't think that you have to go for five if you've got Pat Mahomes. I think he locks down QB1 and everybody else is just in consideration for the super flex spot. So and and honestly that's that's a pretty big advantage, right? If we only need four quarterbacks and we've got one after one pick. I mean, when it comes back to you, you're already in a position to take your your running back one, get your second quarterback. I mean, basically each turn from there you're going to take a quarterback and another starter at a different position. So Pat Mahomes is, Pat Mahomes is a different animal. <laughs> he's, he's a different breed altogether. But, you know, from 102 on, yeah, I mean, to me, you move back because I you're still going to get a quarterback within the same tier. They're not necessarily going to score as much. They're You know, Joe Burrow probably doesn't have the same ceiling as Josh Allen on a weekly basis, but the floor is just as good, if not better. I'd be just as happy with Joe Burrow, and you know what else is, there's there's added benefit, there's kind of added, there's an added advantage, because Joe Burrow comes with information. Josh Allen doesn't. Josh Allen, you had to take him at 102 without any idea of how the rest of this first round was going to go. It's entirely possible that nobody else values quarterbacks, and it's all running backs for the rest of the first round and maybe for a lot of the second round. They're going running backs and wide receivers, and they push they push Kyler Murray down to you at your second pick late in the second round. Well, if you had known that, you would have went running back, right? I mean, I, w- I still wouldn't. I still, I still, I just, I, I don't care about whatever what anyone else does. I just put the blinders on and go QBX. Because I know that's what I have to do. That's what works for me. But for a lot of you, I think that you could, you you're adapt, you're, you're adaptable and you're able to make it work you know if if it's if there's a run on running backs early i think that you would probably be happier with a running back right you would rather you you know you would have liked to have taken christian mccaffrey right there and then still got you know kyler murray or deshaun watson in the second round if you had known that that's how the first two rounds were going to play out that's what you would have felt better about You would have rather had Christian McCaffrey and then whoever, whatever, you know, top-tier quarterback gets pushed to you in the second round. But you didn't know that was going to happen. You just had to just close your eyes and, you know, just on blind faith, take your quarterback and assume that there wasn't going to be one in that same tier available when it gets back to you. But at 110... 110, 111, 112, where we get the, you know, the 10th or the 11th best quarterback available. Now we also get information with it. We know how this league is going to value quarterbacks now. And so, you know, if if there was, if we move back to 110, grab that second, that extra second round pick in order to do it. In the startup. Now we get to just sit back and watch what's what's the rest of this league gonna do? Oh, there's a, a running back run. Nobody's gonna value quarterbacks. Cool. I'll just I'll just push it to the second round. I've got two picks in the second round now. So I'll just grab my running back right along with the rest of you guys. You know, get the ninth best, eighth best running back. I, you know, I'm still going to end up with what Nick Chubb probably is my is my running back one. And then I'm up in a few picks, and most of that quarterback tier is still going to be there. So now all of a sudden I've got, I started off with Nick Chubb, just going along with the, you know, just, just going with the flow of the draft. I end up with Nick Chubb, and now Joe Burrow is my quarterback, and I'm up in, you know, seven picks. you know so yeah the the just the the information alone that you get by moving back into the the end of the first round that's what my favorite spot to draft from is is probably going to be 10 i don't want to be right at the turn it's a little too long for me to wait for back to back picks but i i want as much information in the first round as i can possibly get I want to know what everybody else is is gonna do. Not that it's gonna change my my it's not gonna change my strategy for me, anyways. For you, it might, it can, it definitely can. Nothing wrong with it if it does. It's not gonna change my strategy, but it's gonna be good to know. You know what type of value I'm gonna come away from the draft with. Once I go quarterback extreme, it's going to be nice to know, you know, where the, where the holes are going to be, you know, where I can, where I can pick up my quarterbacks. How aggressive do I need to be with the quarterbacks and where can I focus on the other positions to create those other, those, those advantages throughout my lineup. So again, I mean, it, it actually does just segue right back to what we talked about the entire episode, which is playing the other player, not your cards. I want that information. I want to know what everybody else is doing so I can make my decisions based on what they're doing, not based on what, I, what I'm holding. So yeah, and the short answer is I would absolutely make that move. If I can trade back from 102 to 110, I mean, obviously I'm not going to do it straight up just because of the value isn't, you know, the, the value doesn't work. You've got to get something for that move back. But I mean, between you and me, like I said, the, just the, the information that you get And the benefit of having that information. That's all the value I really need. I would rather be at 110 than 102. I'm not going to trade it straight up. But man is it tempting. Just to be in a. To me it's a more enviable position. And that's where I would rather be. And I would almost just give up 102. And it's value just to get to 110. And it's information. Let's wrap it up there for the week. A lot more to talk about still with quarterback extreme. It's going to be an ongoing conversation and honestly there's there's going to be a lot that still changes. Um a lot that uh some some context is is going to get added uh as NFL teams add starting quarterbacks. So this is this can be an ongoing discussion, but I love the questions. Keep them coming. Like it ends up being extremely important i think a lot of people are are kind of curious you know how do you handle these these kind of specific isolated circumstances you know i think that it's that it's very useful um and even if nobody else tackles it but you run into it it's worth talking about so hit me up hit me up on on twitter at Superflex, dude it I, I mean you can you can tag me and uh, I'll know that this is meant to be something public that you're okay with the rest of the world uh, hearing and knowing that this is something that you're pondering. Um, we can discuss it there. we can and then I'll still bring it here on the podcast. Uh, you can also uh, just DM me um, if you I, I, I totally get it if you're trying to hide from the rest of your league. I've been there. I've, I've asked people for advice, knowing full well that my league mates are going to see it and it's not ideal. (laughs) So, so yeah, either way, um, I'm, I'm down to talk about it, uh, whether it's in person one-on-one or here on the podcast when it's that useful stuff though, I'm, I'm still going to bring it on the podcast and I really appreciate it. Thank you to Kevin for those questions really super helpful stuff, Um, super interesting stuff as well, so um, at least I had fun talking about it, maybe that's all that really matters. (laughs) I, I hope that you got something out of it too, I just killed an hour out of my day, it freaking snowed really hard here in Denver, basically snowed in at my house, not a whole lot to do other than like dishes and laundry and stuff, so the ability to... To burn an hour talking about fantasy football is like gold for me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the question from you, Kevin. Uh, rate and review the show if you haven't already. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already, uh, to the Super Show. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Superflex Show. Even better, though, like I said, just get at me individually at Superflex, dude. This episode is dedicated in loving memory to James the Brain Catullus. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. Thank you to DLF for the platform. And above all else, thank you all for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. Yeah,